listen to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to uh, yet another <laughs> show, February 5th, 2020. Um, I did not do my duty last night. I uh, I couldn't. I watched right up until they announced him and he started walking in the door and and I I literally could not. I went to bed. When I woke up really early this morning, I thought, "What the heck am I waking up so early?" And then I realized, "Cause you went to bed at nine o'clock." I mean, any anything to uh, to avoid that. Uh, when you know essentially what's going to happen, I don't see what the point is. Um, obviously, this morning, because I woke up so early, I had more than ample opportunity to uh, catch up on anything I might have missed, and boy, did I make the right decision. That's all I can say. Jesus. Um, uh, where to start? Um, the President of the United States will be acquitted uh, in his impeachment trial later today. The um, State of the Union address was outrageous. The uh, Iowa caucuses were outrageous but yielded some interesting results, I guess. And um, what else? God almighty. Uh, let me start with a tweet. This tweet made me smile, and smiles are something wondrous uh, in this time and people behaving like, you know, regular people, something wonderful. This tweet came from um, a football player, a uh, Pittsburgh Steeler, in fact. Um, and I, it's hard not to like this guy. He was responding to a tweet from somebody else yesterday afternoon who um, had gone into a laundromat in Pittsburgh and seen him doing his laundry in the laundromat <laughs> and tweeted something to the effect, what the heck? <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster's in the laundromat. <laughs> and he tweeted back, so just because I'm in the NFL, I can't use a laundromat? Hard not to, to like that for a number of, of reasons. Uh, another bright spot and I, I, I I'm just this is 
this is in my efforts to keep you apprised of things you can do to ameliorate the anxiety and pain so many of us are feeling um, these days. And one of the things you can do in this city, thank God, is to enjoy true art, unlike the halftime show. True art, true genius, music, wondrous stuff. And we are so lucky to have uh, so many venues for that. And I'm just going to be cluing you into just one venue over the next month or so. And that is the August Wilson Center, which uh, is, a, to my mind, an, an under-recognized gem. Um, I had told you about... Uh, Eric uh, Tyson being there, uh, Dyson, excuse me, uh, earlier this week. And um, I want to flag this for you, especially for you jazz lovers. Um, there will be uh, an extraordinary, uh, charismatic, acclaimed musician appearing at the August Wilson Center a week from Saturday. So you got plenty of time to uh, get, uh, get it together. Uh, he comes up on top in readers' polls of all the jazz aficionado magazines, Downbeat, Jazz Times, also noted by the Village Voice, Rolling Stone, and I'm talking about Joshua Redman. So... Uh, incredible musician and he's coming to the August Wilson Center Saturday night the 15th of uh, February 8 p.m. concert if you're a lover of jazz lover of music if you want distraction that lifts your soul then um, this is a possibility right so just wanting to tell you that uh, August Wilson Center, the 15th. There's stuff going on there all the time, guys. All the time. Okay. I've been told that Billy Porter, speaking of art, Billy Porter gave his own State of the Union address last night, um, and I, I did not... I did not see it yet, but I will make a point of seeing it. I've been told that it was far more uh, worth your time than the one that uh, was televised by all the news stations. I'm going to stick with some of the stuff that you've sent me uh, today and also with some tweets. Uh, Jonathan wrote this, I know everything is a shit show especially in politics. But in my quest to find something positive, here goes, an openly gay man with a husband will finish at or near the top of the Iowa caucus. Iowa, not New York, not some liberal blue state, America's heartland. 
I just want to add, but it was only Democrats in that not blue state that were voting. <laughs> so it was the blue people in the red state uh, that were voting, just to add a depressing element of uh, truth to it. But that was a shocker, and even more of a shocker was Biden coming in fourth. Uh, granted, we don't have the final results, but uh, interesting stuff, and certainly um, Buttigieg would be a winner, without a doubt, with that uh, showing, and Biden would be a loser by uh, any account. Um, And Jonathan goes on, by the way, I did not watch Trump last night. Fine minds think alike. Couldn't put myself through it. Uh, instead, I watched a movie I've always wanted to see, The Apartment. Ah, it's a fantastic movie. Yes, and he says, I made the right choice. What a movie. That, if you've never seen it, is a wondrous movie, probably from the 60s, 70s. Uh, it was Shirley MacLaine and uh, Jack Lemmon. And it's wonderful, simply wonderful. Um, good, yeah, it was a good choice, a good choice. Oh, I don't know. I'm trying not to share my total um, pessimism with you because um, it is my makeup and and it's not always the the correct uh, response and or reaction or perspective. It sometimes is, but I, uh, pessimism uh, tends to, yes, depress, and uh, depression leads to uh, inactivity, and if anything, we, we need to maintain um, a vigilance and um, a sense that we have got to be very active if we're going to save this country. Roger writes, I intentionally did not watch the State of the Union. Did anyone watch it? I intentionally did not watch the State of the Union. My wife has a stronger constitution but couldn't make it past Rush getting the medal. Oh, Uh, in that regard, Rush getting the medal, somebody tweeted out this little memory from uh, February of 1993. It's a ways back. And it's just a little clip of uh, Rush Limbaugh's show on that day in 1993 and here is what he said socks is the White House cat this is during Bill Clinton's term socks is the White House cat but did you know there is also a White House dog and he held up a picture of 13 year old Chelsea Clinton. That is a man that our pussy grabbing president 
honored with the Medal of Freedom last night. And obviously there are many other quotes that are just as noxious, but it's hard to beat. It's hard to beat beating up on a 13-year-old child for her looks, for laughs. But then again, this is the president who famously, before he was president, before the American people saw fit to elevate him, uh, who for laughs made fun of a reporter who was disabled. All right, I'm sorry, I diverged from Roger. Um, so she, uh, Roger's wife, made it up to Rush getting the medal, and uh, Roger reports that his wife then came in the bedroom and told me about it, so I did not sleep last night, he said. <laughs> My wife said that Trump read the room well, as he usually does, and figuratively squeezed the Democrats' balls and boobs and enjoyed every second of it. By the way, should we be sending emails to your Yahoo or City Paper account? City Paper. That's what I've got up. Um, Lynn at... Uh, pghcitypaper.com is the email you should use if you want me to see it uh, doing uh, while I'm doing the show. You know what word came to my head just then? And I, the reason I paused is I had to swat it away. And I thought, where did that come from? And I, I, in my head it was, and if you want me to see your email while I'm doing the show, the word that came to my head that I batted away was the British word whilst. Whilst. Isn't that how it's pronounced? Instead of wild, they'll say whilst. They put a W-H-I-L-S-T. Where'd that come from? I'm 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 just asking. Just asking. Okay. Um also, you know, and this is not gonna go so well, but again it's an it's an effort to uh keep us from uh too much despair. Uh read uh keep me from too much despair. Uh was it two days ago that we one of our callers, Jonathan um uh, told us, uh, what was that call about? I'm trying to remember. Um, and, oh, he called about that Jewish thing. Um, and he mentioned the story about his mom and him uh, seeing the Pope, Pope Paul VI, and how the Pope recognized her as a Jew and called her a Jewess. 
And we talked a bit about his mom, who had gone back to Italy with her then nine-year-old son because um, she had served there in World War II in the armed forces. And he had many, many, many years ago on Veterans Day sent me a letter that his mother, while during the war, as the war was nearing an end, had written to her mom <coughs> back here in Pittsburgh. And I had read it then on the show, but uh, and I'm going to read it again because he resent it to me, but the problem is, is it's in a form that um, comes up large on my thing, so I'm going to have to be scrolling back and forth, so my rendition ain't going to be uh, that good. But what, uh, I, I, having seen it again, I've got to share this with you again. It is, uh, it is to Mrs. Alice Rubin on Collins Avenue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and it is from Sergeant Shirley Colker, obviously Jonathan's mom, and it was stamped by the um, by the censors as all mail coming out of the out of the theater of war uh, had to had to be. And let me read this to you. Um, she writes, "Dearest mother," and um, I guess because of the censors, she was unable to tell her mom where she was. But she simply has in the uh, in the upper right corner uh, these words, somewhere in Italy. Dearest mother, August fifteenth, another historically important day, and I cannot help but think of the blood, sweat, and tears involved. Now I'm not sure what what she's referring to with August 15th, but something must have happened. This would be 1944, right? Oh, this is what she wrote on, oh, oh, VJ Day. Excuse me, I, I just saw this. Um, okay, so the war in the Pacific has been won. So VJ Day and this uh, armed services member where the war has not ended somewhere in Italy is writing her mom here in Pittsburgh. I cannot but think of the blood, sweat, and tears involved that somewhere today boys, boys, our boys, German boys, British boys, young and old are lying dead or brutally wounded forever scarred, crippled, blinded. And in some, some future time, a child in a classroom will be disinterestedly learning dates, like August 15th, knowing only the surface, being bored, knowing nothing of the agony of wandering women and tortured men. But we must teach them differently, mother. We must tell our children in such a way that they will despise war so that they will never have to learn it firsthand. 
never permit it to occur again. Strange that this new victory, so high in the cost of death, brings us all close to life once more. The normal things, loving families and familiar scenes, affection, warmth, but it is not tender on the field of battle. Only blood is warm on a battlefield. And when it cakes and dries, it leaves only the frozen stiffness of death. In the joy of peace and victory just around the corner, my soul quivers at the ugly, miserable price of it. And in the midst of my mind, remembering the sweet thing of home, I cannot help but think of those who will never see home again. I know that everywhere men are sick, they are lonely and miserable and tortured. The price is very high for freedom and peace. In just a little while, people will forget the life sacrifices. And war, viewed at a distance, will once more seem a thing of glamour. That too must stop. People should know its truth and never ever forget it. It is not pretty. There is not one phase of it that is pretty. Even the ideals for which we fight are tarnished and worn. The tears of mankind wears them thin. I wonder if in the calm that goes before this storm, there will be love and brotherhood and unselfishness. When these things replace greed and hate and jealousy, then perhaps there will be salvation for man. When we are together again and rejoicing in the dearness and sweetness of reunion, when we are happy once more in our togetherness, let's not forget. Let's temper our joys, our security, with remembrance. These men have known hell while on earth, and some will never know else but hell. Living, armless, legless, scarred. Some will never see earth again, for they will lie under it for all time. My prayers today are in thankfulness that my dear ones at home have been spared the knowledge of bombings and terror firsthand, and that they are alive and well. And I ask God to bless our boys watch over them, keep them safe, and thank him that I am a whack. To me, that is a blessing. Pray with us and for them, dearest family. Your loving Shirley.
Wow. Wow. My page on city paper is not opening. Uh, Lynn, in regard to the State of the Union address, says, I intended to watch as I always have. I've always have too. But when Trump entered to a chant of four more years, that was more than I could stand. Yeah, it was just like a, it was like one of his rallies, slightly more contained. Okay, so there's all this, uh, he did not shake Pelosi's hand when he handed her the speech, which may account for her, in part, ripping it up at the end. For all of those who have expressed absolute outrage that she ripped his speech up. I just want to give you this tweet that I saw and I thought summed it up pretty well. Okay, you know, it's to all the people who are just stunned, stunned that she would behave in such a manner. Max von Essen writes to those people, alert me when Speaker Pelosi sexually assaults someone or mocks the disabled or tears a child from their parents, pays off a porn star maybe, or insults a gold star family. How about it when Nancy Pelosi calls Nazis fine people or denies science or steals from a charity or starts a fake university? Until then, take a seat. We have a caller, not gone. Okay. Selective outrage. And uh, one more tweet that I liked. And I think this guy's right. This is uh, Obama, former Obama, a John uh, Favreau, I think is how it's pronounced. Um. He said, seems to me like Pelosi took a page out of Trump's playbook by doing it and stole the spotlight. No one's talking about his speech now. They're talking about Nancy. And in fact, even if it's outrage, that's his playbook. I want him to talk about me. I don't care why they're talking about me. I'm the center of the world. And he knows that that's, she plays him better than anybody. And this guy's right about that. Because apparently, I've seen other things, not that I've seen the tweets, Trump is going crazy about it. Uh... Debbie writes, I wanted to know what you thought of Nancy Pelosi tearing up the speech. Well, okay, I just pretty much said it. I watched and I loved it. How else can she show our displeasure? I don't agree with this attitude of not watching Trump. This is the Fox News mindset. 
They did not play the impeachment hearings in prime time. Fox News people won't listen to the Democrats and not hearing what they put out is the same. Not hearing what they put out is the same. CNN interviewed uh, Iowa Mayor Pete Voter. Oh, I, I think I, I heard about this. They interviewed a person in Iowa who had voted for Pete in the, um, in the caucus. She didn't know he was gay. When the reporter told her he was married, she wanted to take her vote back. She said, I don't want someone like that in the White House. Debbie says, your thoughts. Well, I'll tell you what my thoughts are. Uh, that woman is representative of uh, millions, I would imagine, of Americans who, if they didn't know he was gay, would be extremely impressed by him and think he was wonderful. But their religion or their own whatever, I don't know, heterosexual squeamishness or whatever, um, will prevent them from electing a man with a husband. It's just too much for their heads to handle. So, like Barack Obama, when Democrats ran with him, we had to know we were probably going to be given up votes of people who, if he weren't black or didn't have the name Barack Hussein Obama, whatever that was, um, might vote for a guy with who sounded like him, said what he said, but just couldn't go that way. And I mean, this is what Democrats do because we're a diverse party. We put up people who are not, look, who who came in one and two in Iowa? An old Jew and a gay guy who's married. These are not people that would be Republicans. And Republican, I, I don't know, we always, Democrats start with this handicap of embracing people that others are repelled by or afraid of or whatever. Democrats also start with the handicap of the electoral college. And I don't know, some would say, do we need to handicap ourselves anymore? I don't know. But Barack Obama did okay last time I looked. Ryan, <laughs> are you okay? I'm a little, I got a little cold. I know. Under the weather, so be okay. I so don't want to get sick. Yeah, I'll stay, I'll be over here in my All little right, corner. All right, go off, yeah, we'll move the camera for you. I got coronavirus, oh no. I'm just you kidding. look sick. I'm, I, I just feel a little, I feel okay. You're not supposed to come to work when you're sick. All you're doing, even though you're smiling, is yeah. in fact, all those people out there. It's just a little cold. That's you should serious. be wearing a mask. I should be, yeah. If that does anything. I'm still up in the air if that does anything or not. Oh, God. Um, can I just finish up my email? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch the State of the Union? A little bit, yeah. Are you kidding? I, 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 I only tuned in for literally the exact moment when he said, Stanctuary. 
It was amazing. I don't know that he said that. He said. Oh, he definitely said it. I heard it, and then I saw it on Twitter everywhere. There's a video of it. He said he... "stanctuary cities" or "stanctuary" because he's because he's like a senile old guy who can't pronounce words. Maybe he meant it. May oh, new nickname for it: "stanctuary cities." Yeah, that's yeah. right, and they'll pick up on that. <laughs> oh, here and here's a email that I hadn't read yet. Paul writes, I almost spit out my soda last night when Trump was criticizing sanctuary cities. <laughs> Hell knows he may have intended to use the word instead. Yeah. Who what even knows? Who yeah. knows? Yeah, right. Who knows? Who knows? Um, also, oh, God. Did you, so you, you missed Rush getting the medal of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to stay away, and then... Um, I was watching just like 22 the point and the like 10 o'clock news came on which I I try to I'll, I try to avoid TV news as well especially local TV news and so I flipped over to it just to see what he was talking about and like right when it came on he's like sanctuary and it was and I just like I lost it it was great um but yeah I missed the uh I missed the um the medal of freedom to one of the most vile bigot racists that exist in our country. So. Yes, but delivered and granted to him by Melania. a vile no, a oh, vile right. racist right. bigot president. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean that's a, Melania had a lot of trouble doing the clasp. Oh, she did. I yeah, didn't Yeah, it took forever. <laughs> it was like getting like all right already. Come on, babe. <laughs> No one's asking you to do much of anything. Maybe her fingernails are so Yeah, like, maybe she's lost her modeling skills because like, models are supposed to be good at that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? like, yeah, 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 yeah. Presenting yeah. things, and, and I'm being serious, too. I think they are. Okay, but. Norma says this. I'm really discouraged by all the doom and gloom surrounding the Democratic Party after Monday night's fiasco in Iowa. What does uh. this have to do with Democrats' chances in November? Nothing. Nothing. I really it's believe. Media narrative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I really believe in the power of positive thinking. Ah, oh, Norma, what do you listen to this show for? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that's weird. That is really weird. Wow. God bless you. Yeah. I really believe in the power of positive thinking, and my wish is that everyone listening will vow to work hard to support the nominee of their choice without going negative on anyone else's right. choice. Yeah, well, it's not, not going to happen. It ain't going to happen. It's called an election. You have yeah, to go you negative. Yeah, you see, the problem is, is when a primary is held, there are different factions in parties, well, in the Democratic Party, right. the Republican Party. Right, right. Well, especially with Trump. Right, right, right. right. I mean, that's just... But I mean, even in other, even in other, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you go after, um, yeah. Um, go after each other. And, and, it's an election. And ideally, you come back together. But in this day and age, when people are so quick to take offense right. and not forgive right. the cancel culture and all that right. kind of stuff, primaries might be a real uh, bad thing for uh, the party out mm -hmm. of power to be going right. through. I don't think so, though. All right. Yeah. Well, I think everyone's going to come together. I think there's just like the primary is too long, and it's and it's driven by media narratives that are meant to make it more entertaining, basically that in is that correct. way. And so when it when it comes down to the one on one, I, I mean my my gut tells me it's that it's going to be 
just so vastly different than 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 what we've seen for the last year. We've had a primary for over a year. You know, it's so long. It's crazy. We're already exhausted. Oh, we're all so tired. And like, but at the same time, we're also like, give me the results now. <laughs> yeah, I know that was. It was like such an offense. That the results were not, you know, and I'm thinking... Because it drives the media narratives, which I understand yeah, yeah, that's frustrating, yeah, but at the same time, then just don't give into it. Yeah, right. So the, who gives a shit if we wait 24 hours for some numbers? Right. And, and here's the thing. I think, and I'm hardly alone, that the safest way to hold an election is like you did it in 1840. Right. On paper. paper right. Ballots. Yeah. And that then would mean we'd have to wait right. a little bit. Yeah, to wait longer. It's like with the uh, Arizona Senate race um, in 2018, where um, when all of the like voting machine results came in, uh, the Republican McSally was ahead. And then, as we counted all the rest of the remaining ballots, which were because um, they have good because they have early voting there. Um, you know, Samina pulled ahead, and the Democrat won. Uh-huh. And it's like, but it took like it took like three days or something like that. It's not that big of a deal because we have lame duck periods. So it's not like we don't need to know right away because they're not kicked out of office right away. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I really wish people would um, just calm down. You know, we're going to get all the Iowa numbers. They're going to be before New Hampshire primary. I mean, my bet is that Bernie will pull ahead. I think so too. But still it's a clear victory for Buttigieg and a clear defeat for uh, Biden Absolutely. and his I think mantra the... of uh, electability. Right. That's that's <laughs> the biggest story. I mean, story. even even with the partial numbers to have Biden so low in those metrics. And I think the Bernie team, um, I think, well, one, the Bernie team is too online. That, like, really hurts them sometimes. Um, and they, they should have just been declaring victory because he did. Even with the 62%, he has the popular vote, right? Well, so, listen, so, Democrats so are good at getting popular votes and still right. not gaining elections. So, <laughs> I mean, you got to go with whatever the – so, no, he still loses. If right, he no, but I mean like in the, the way of the messaging. Delegates. In the way of messaging, no, messaging. that's all that matters, okay, right? Right, right? You know, like it's easy to spin things and message things. Just do it, you know? So uh, I want you, – you do know about Pelosi tearing up. Of course, yeah, I saw that. Okay, so I – mentioned um, that she's brilliant at playing him right? because she knows that an outrageous action gets everyone's attention. Oh, it's so good. And so (laughs) no one's talking about him. They're talking about her. No one's talking about school choice, right? You know, that was one of the things he brought up, you know, school choice. It's a, it's a, popular Republican talking point. Uh, what, for destroying public schools? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah you know, so, Terzai is really big on it. Yeah, like so that. I said that I'd heard that it, she really gets into it. She knows how to get into his head more than anybody else, and she knew that doing that would, and get into Republicans' heads, too. Fox <laughs> News is going ballistic. Right. You know, brains are exploding all right, over the place. Right. Because you know how quick, uh, quickly offended they are by a lack of decorum. Right. Right. Giving the med- presidential medal of freedom the rules. to the racist. <laughs> right. Whatever. Anyway. Um, the rules 
So this just came in. Trump has now tweeted or retweeted more about Pelosi's reaction to his speech than about the content of his own speech. Right. Four she's times getting more. smart. She, she, she is gets one, it. Boy, she's a smart cook. She, she does understand it pretty well, I think. Um, Why given, don't others get it? That's a, not everyone is a, um, as good, I guess, in understanding um this kind of stuff and and like it's funny because Pelosi can really toe a line where she can like support him on some things right because they're like yeah. she could have like blocked his his budget bill she could have like done more things right but she does it in this way that that like he just feeds into you know <laughs> and it also distracts some of the more um less engaged voters from really the like bigger things and it just becomes this like circus and she turns everything into a circus and it's definitely smart in this aspect because the uh state of the union was such a campaign speech basically but it was like more civilized because he doesn't write it um and he doesn't ad lib really and um it's just become it's become that so much and maybe it's always been that but if he's going to use it that way you might as well fight back yes, right exactly and in a in a in a similar manner so did you hear about this uh artist in germany um I think you'll like this. Okay. His name is Simon. Simon Veckert. Okay. He got 99 cell phones. Okay. Sorry, I'm just a little tired. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking tea today instead of coffee, which I think is a mistake. All right. Um, 99 cell phones. And he had a guy put them all in a wagon. And just walk with the wagon down the street. Okay. Google Maps went berserk and kept saying that the streets was that there were huge road traffic jams. <laughs> <laughs> so he like turned on Waze basically and Yeah and or 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 whatever app they have over in Germany. Well they have all these. They have he actually, right. he actually they I think it was Google Maps. He, right. He calls it Google Maps hack. Right. And he causes traffic jams. Fake and traffic he meant jams. it as performance oh art. Oh my god, I do love this. This is fucking brilliant. Like yeah, uh, this is the coolest thing was in the world. Meant to demonstrate the pervasive real life influence of modern technology and these So anyway, yeah, he says Google Maps, Apple Maps, Waze have done so people now do try to game the system. It says here that what's happened because people are looking at those Google Maps yeah. and they see that, oh, oh, the street turned red, which is like what? Well, Google Maps does it automatically. Go Google Maps does it. And they he was screwing everything. There was no traffic. traffic. None. The guy's walking down the center of the street. There is nothing. Right, but because he has all those yeah, phones, all those it's like it's a big traffic they think, jam. They think there's 99 cars. That is awesome. Yeah, okay. So... It says here that, and I hadn't thought of this, that what Google Maps then does when they perceive that they're, whether it's true or not, they direct traffic to other streets onto streets that were not intended right. to. This is a big problem in Los Angeles. Carry, yes. So here, this comes from, I think, L. No, this is Maryland. But in trying to help drivers get around faster. Right. The only goal of America, That's by the way. Right. Um, you know, quiet residential streets get turned into these cut-through right. routes. Yep. And 
they also, it says here, may have made overall traffic worse. Definitely. Because they are burdening some routes with congestion they Absolutely. were not built to support. Absolutely. Yep, that's what happens. Okay. That's because of the technology that they that 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 they have to like n- navigate people around traffic. Like we design roads for a certain amount of traffic, you know. Uh yeah. <laughs> and in places that are really sprawled out too, yeah. this is a huge problem. Like Los Angeles, Maryland, well, most places except Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is kind of unique in the way that there are only so many routes to get from one place to the That's other. That's right. You have to take. You have to take. And route some 51. routes are. You like, have to yeah, take. Yeah. And some routes are like, I'm sorry, the only other route is this like tiny little street. Right. <laughs> By the way, don't get me into my biggest pet peeve of a pedestrian. Yeah. Of cars parking on the sidewalk. Oh, it's the worst. In streets where they don't. I understand some where you're trying to like. Yeah. Uh, you know, take a little bit of this. Okay, I get right. that. But there are streets around in my neighborhood that there is no reason. Right. There is plenty. Why do they do that? It's, it's just car culture cause, because it, it, it really just comes down to what's more important in our society. Me. Parking your car me, me, or me walking on car. the sidewalk. Yeah, right? No, what's more no, important? Yeah, me in Parking my car. your car. Exactly. It's no, not even it's, me in my car. Obviously, it's, it's, it's people it's who me don't. It's in my car. It's, it's not people who me. don't use sidewalks. I mean, Definitely. anyone who walks would never park blocking an entire no. sidewalk. Well, I mean, in my, in my, I like, you know, this, this might hate, hate you know, might get some hate mail for this, but it's like parking chairs. This is the dumbest thing in the world. I mean, we're in a city. <laughs> You don't you don't get you your don't own, own spot. Yeah, you don't own that. Because that's really bad because the whole idea is that you want turnover in spots and you want to be able to, to like find because there's a limited amount of space. And so the more idea that it's like, nope, that's mine, <laughs> then you, you, you just have it to... It ain't. You, you know, if that is your number one priority, you should probably move to um, a place where you have a driveway, you know? Move to suburbia. Yeah, which is fine, but, but also just like you need to understand the systems that it creates and like yeah that's this is so cool by the way though this is so great okay when they talk here that like some of these people who live on residential streets in this country who um all of a sudden have traffic i mean all of a sudden because they're uh, they become an alternate route according to google have been trying it says that a guy in tacoma park maryland uh got so angry about it that in a guerrilla counterattack he hopped onto Waze, which is another one of these traffic yeah. apps, every day at rush hour making false reports of wrecks and speed traps to try to keep people away. <laughs> so that he could have his own secret So like, no, no, route? he lives on the street. Oh, okay. He oh, he got some, oh, I see. He's protesting. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. And Waze, of course, uh, kicked him off. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Um, it's it, it, it's just so emblematic of these tech companies like Google and Apple and Waze that they do never ever think about the real human implications of their no you know technology never. and they don't think about what kind of streets are supposed to have certain amount of traffic versus ones that aren't and they're just like well this will improve convenience and it's like that's their only idea but it it, it ends up not improving convenience because you get you get it all these inconveniences cars. others. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a jungle out there, and it's everyone for, our, for yeah. themselves. But listen to what the artist okay. the, in Germany said. Yeah. Um, he got the idea after going to a May Day demonstration in Berlin. Oh, cool. 
and noticing so like he noticed that Google Maps portrayed the gathering of people as a traffic jam. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. He decided to replicate the anomaly himself, borrowing 99 phones, 99 because of the Jay-Z song. Oh, yeah, 99 Problems. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's got an offensive lyric in it. I okay. I won't, I won't say it. Won't it's basically it. 99 problems for Uber. Right. Or let's say 99 problems for technology services. So he had some guy wander the streets of Berlin with the wagon of 99 smartphones piled inside. And as he made his way down a given street, according to a video that the artist then shared on his website, it would go from green to orange to red on Google Maps, all the while the streets were empty oh that's so brilliant we should just do that so that i can have like a nice bike route to work yeah yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> i feel safe i don't feel like i'm gonna get killed uh unfortunately a spokesman for google said we appreciate seeing creative uses of google maps like this know, as talk. it helps us make maps work better over time cool just keep doing it then. We should okay. just like I, I would definitely give up my phone for a for a clear route on the street, no doubt about it. All right, so there you have that. That's I thought you'd like you know, I always do. like looking for stuff that will I do like that a lot. That that's... you will enjoy. <laughs> so there it is. Oh, that's great. God. So, um wait. Go away. Get off. I'm trying to get back to my mail. I hate Wait, is it the tab? What? What? In the tab? What? The tab? Don't touch my... <laughs> what tab? What is point? Here? I, what? I just did point. Ah! Don't touch right. it. Here? No, right there. Yeah. Okay. Figure it out. Younger person trying to tell an older person... You got 99 how problems. To, ...how to use their computer. <laughs> it's pathetic. Huh? It's like a cliche. Yeah. <laughs> It it is a cliche, but it's a cliche that is um, is is true. Often true. Oh, somebody has a picture of Donald Trump, and they've superimposed Nancy Pelosi in a recliner, sitting in his head. Yeah, love it. He's in it. Yeah, that's that's good. Oh, okay. So, what else you got? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? You were. Can I can hot I, and bothered uh, about something that totally did not interest me, but go for it. Oh. I don't, no? Wow, that's so many things, Lynn. I mean, there's so many things that I'm hot and bothered about. Um, I've been pretty mad about the fracking. I've been pretty mad about fracking. It's been my thing the last few. few uh, well, a big uh, applause line in the speech, apparently, was when Donald Trump said that the United States is now the largest producer of natural gas right. in the world. Right. Well, apparently not not that many other like countries produce... Like he invented fracking. Not that many other countries really do it. Apparently, like, Saudi Arabia has, like, a huge... Or, like, uh, UAE has a huge uh, natural gas reserve, but they just don't... They don't touch it because the oil is more profitable for them, you know? Um, so if that changes, then uh, they could see competition, and then that would uh, affect um, our, our, uh, our industry... But it's just one of these things that I've like really been thinking about in Pennsylvania a lot. Fracking's only been around ten years in Pennsylvania. Apparently, and this is apparently this is true. I'm trying to look at a story about it. In the state house chambers, there's on the ceilings in Harrisburg, 
there's a lot of Pennsylvania stuff, you know, liberty and freedom and the Constitution and all that, you know, Pennsylvania history. One of the things, I don't know when it was changed or, or created, is natural gas in the state house chambers, like immortalized in our state capital. So that was a long time ago that that was put up. It couldn't be because that, it's only been <laughs> I'm wondering well, when no. they did it. I don't know. I have to look. How, Who told you that? Well, no, I saw a state rep uh, tweet it out, Sarah uh, uh, Inamorato. Um, so I'm looking in to see exactly when it was when it was installed, and I'm assuming it was probably like a bill or something like a few years ago or something. Um, but I don't know. I have to look at it. I, but anyway, my point is to say that that this industry has such a stranglehold on our politics, and it's remarkable how quickly it happened. You know, it's insane. Can you well, imagine coming in yeah, ten the, years? Yeah, but the people who did that. Um, had already done it in other states right. and had a game plan, and they're big players in terms of but look knowing at how look at what's to in other get states. government right. to yeah. do what they want. But that's just what I want listeners and voters to understand, is that when people say stuff like, it's, it's, it's so bad to have a fracking ban or stuff like that, understand that we have just been manipulated by this industry for the last like 10 years and now we think that it's like no it has to be here it has to stay we didn't have it 10 years ago we can't imagine what like our state was like 10 years ago <laughs> it's remarkable it's remarkable the power that they've had and there's a new fracking poll that came out that said people voters are so they're so confused about it you know some like 49 percent said they support a ban and 38 percent said they don't support a ban but then 48% said they support natural gas drilling, and 44% said they don't support natural ga gas drilling. One, I think it's, one, people just don't know about it. And that's why I get mad. P people like Trump, Peduto, <laughs> Fitzgerald, all of them just put out these blanket statements that are, 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 are lacking the nuance to actually explain what this industry is and what it does to our area. And, you know, I think journalists have really fucked up, honestly, and we just repeated their talking points for the last like seven eight years well, I mean, and now it's like locked in you're right in that you know when i first heard about fracking yeah it was not that i, I never heard that right word. right what, what's that yeah um and it we all sort of ed, got educated little by little but yeah we did it by reading the paper or right. seeing right yeah and, and 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 i think that the we talking about media narratives, right? Like, I think the media narrative that has dominated fracking for the last 10 years, ever since it's been in Pennsylvania, is one that isn't truthful. It's, it's not fully truthful, basically. Well, it's propaganda. Right. And like, but, 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 but we don't see it as that because we just go, oh, well, Fitzgerald said it. <laughs> but who cares what Fitzgerald thinks? Sorry, he's not a genius. He doesn't know everything about our region. He's just repeating the talking points of this industry, you um, know? You know, there... These industries teach us all things. Like when I heard there was a cracker plant that was going to be right. frack, crack, crack. Yeah, and I mean it's all yeah, fracking and cracking. And <laughs> I, I thought a cracker plant. Why is everybody getting so excited about that? I Yum, mean, we buttery just closed the Nabisco plant. <laughs> now it's full of Google nerds, and and you know, right. So so I just think it's it's just one of those things that like we we have started to like apply like we apply more skepticism to like maybe republicans than we used to because they lie all the time um you know and donald trump and 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 other people like that but we need that same amount of skepticism healthy skepticism not like conspiracy theory skepticism of of everything 
And I think fracking is one of the biggest things on that. And so when I hear Connor Lamb or Joe Biden or Trump or whomever say a fracking ban would be terrible for Pennsylvania, I don't believe them. I don't believe they know actually what they're talking about. And so we need to we need to read more. We need to write. I need to write more like articles about exactly what's happening with this industry and we, we haven't and we failed and like it makes me really sad uh it's and a I, little late it's not it's only 10 years only been here 10 years yeah but could you imagine if steel just came in 10 years like steel right that's like that's you want to talk about a legacy industry steel and coal right those are like hundreds of years in our area and they still have some power right but fracking they had nothing compared to fracking now they're like little 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 wusses you know, like fracking can come in, basically well, just say a talking point and Terzai, Fitzgerald or the governor will be like, yep, got to do that. You know, it's, it's insane. Like, aren't our politicians supposed to be arbiters of this stuff? Are they not just supposed to be like, oh, well, GM says they're going to do this. So let's just do it. You know, like and then they give them subsidies. Hello? And stuff. It's socialism. It's just like it's, a, it's, it's all these things. It is. We ju- they just passed a bill. The state house just passed a bill to create another $800 million in subsidies to attract future cracker plants in the area. And I'm almost guaranteed that Wolf's going to sign it. And so we want to talk about socialism. We want to talk about all these things. It's just like that. I, I just Corporate I, socialism. We like that. I, and I guess I just hate hearing it because I hear so many pundits about Pen- Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania, and they all say like, oh, you, you can't elect someone who's an open socialist because that's going to play off. Yeah, because we fucked up telling them exactly what these things are. Because we've repeated propaganda about socialism, you know? It's, it, 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 and so it does really rile me up because journalists are supposed to be the arbiters of truth, right? We're supposed to, like, get to, get to things in a more nuanced level. And, like, we don't. We just repeat these, these things and then they become, quote, unquote, facts. And so you ask some neighbor in Moon Township. You know, and they're like, oh, well, yeah, fracking, because I, I heard I heard Fitzgerald say on, you know, Marty, I heard I heard him say that it's really important, you know, and then it's like, oh, but you don't you literally know nothing. You don't know anything except from what you heard from a politician. And we take that as fact. And and it's just not the case. Here's here's the real uh, unsettling truth is most people don't care. Right. OK. They don't give a damn. Right. But they can be swayed. And that's the thing. And that's where I, I think, think people are swayed if it impacts them directly. And that's why you have, you know, certain little pockets of activism around right. this issue from people who's 49 percent, 49 percent compared okay. to 38. <laughs> I think it's a lot bigger than people think it is. And it, the only reason that we don't think it's bigger is because there's literally like 12 anti-fracking legislators. You know, that are like that are like very much like, no, this is why it's bad, because I've actually done the research, you know, like and I think that's one of the reasons. And I think the fact that it's up on our fucking roof of the state house just shows how. how well, I want you to at. track that down. A little I'm going to track it down because I can't believe it. what it's like. Uh, the state house. Are you talking something painted on? Yeah, you want me to, sh- you want me to pull yeah, it up? It's like, you know, what? All of a sudden they called Michelangelo back in to like... I, don't think, I mean, I would I don't think, think it's that, that hard. It's that, I don't think it's that hard. I think it's just chiseled. Like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up. Okay. Um, because I would think those... Do you know I have never been in the state house here? Um, 
How dare you? It's outrageously ornate from the pictures. Okay, so here's, this is from, uh, it's from... Uh, oh, it's so ornate. What do they think? It's a palace of Versailles right, or something? Right, right, right. No, I think that's good, though, because we should have beautiful things that are owned by the public. Um, so then Where Liberty, right? Here's one of them, Liberty. Justice, that's a good one, too, right? Right? Natural gas. Oh, I see. So, no. It, what it it's is... It's like a little plaque. It's a plaque. Right. Amidst all this Rococo, faldy rawl right. gold plate oh, and God knows what. So, yeah. So, they, they can't see. They can't see. So, they do... <laughs> so, right. So, what? It's it's there with liberty... Justice. And natural, natural gas. gas. Oh, ah! that is like... That should ah! be Pennsylvania's ah! new motto. Ah! Ah! <laughs> so, yeah. Up on the, like, rot- the rotunda... There's all this Rococo stuff and little plaque that says freedom. Right. And the next one, da, 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 and then natural, natural gas. Natural gas. I'm sure like coal and some other things, but like some legacy industries I understand because they like, they were. Well, why don't they have like Hershey Kisses? Yeah, totally. Why not? Snack food. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge industry in Pennsylvania. It's huge. It's actually huge. And like, uh, you know, agriculture is really big too. And I think they usually do. They usually have like dairy and stuff like that. But okay. um, yeah, it's uh. It's just something that I just... Okay, well, I want you to calm down because you need all your resources to fight (laughs) the virus that you are (laughs) carrying. Oh, can I I squeeze in a quick plug for our... Real quick, because we're out of... Yep. Uh, We just have our Black Media panel that's coming up soon, and it's on the cover of our of our issue this week so if you want to learn about we're hosting this panel with public source and a bunch of other people um and it's all it's all it's going to be with all black journalists and black reporters the panel will be seen where um it's 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 at an event i'm not i don't know i'm doing a really bad job plugging yes, it yes you but, are but if you pick up a city paper there's tons of <laughs> info in there and it's a really cool thing because you know black journalism is just something we have not done a good job in in pittsburgh and we got to do a better job so let's do it let's do it cool thank you Thank you. Just remember, freedom, justice, and natural gas. Oh, we should have a fart noise right there. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host, and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.